to Cloud Bar. I'm Kate Hutchinson. I'm a journalist and broadcaster based in London, and I'm hosting the next two conversations today about how the music industry and the media is rapidly responding to the impact of the global pandemic. So the first conversation, which is going to happen in just a second, is called Live Music from a Distance. And I'm joined by two incredible guests on the Twitch chat. We've got uh, Tommy Stalmet, the founder and CEO of Single Music, which I cannot wait to hear more about. How are you doing, Tommy? Are you there? Doing very well. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Where, where are you at the moment? Nashville. Nice early in the morning. Got enough caffeine in my system, so I think we'll be all right. Perfect. And second on the chat, we've got Ebenezer, an incredibly exciting breaking artist based in, I think, East London. Am I right in saying that? I'm actually based in North London, but I was born in East London, so that's not true. Almost. Where are you right now? Have you got some red, very nice red mood lighting there, it looks like? <laughs> I'm in the studio. I built, it, uh, I built it in my back garden, so um, I just decided to build a jacuzzi. Um, a gym and a studio in my back garden, so I just feel comfortable and I don't have to go out. Okay, so I think that when we're talking to um, an emerging artist that has a jacuzzi and a studio in the background, in their back garden, we know we're in safe hands, right? <laughs> okay, well, look, we're going to be talking about how the live music industry and artists are owning live streaming at the moment, how they're handling the rapid changes that are happening to the industry, and how they've continued to find ways to bring live events to fans through different platforms, and also their thoughts on the future of live music. I mean, will we always be experiencing it at a distance or is there something else beyond so if you've got questions pop them in the chat and we'll try and get through uh, them as many of them as we can at the end of the conversation so tommy can you start please by explaining what single music is all about how did you get involved yeah, sure. Um, so Single, for people that are unfamiliar, is a, an application for the Shopify e-commerce platform uh, where we backbone a lot of the services that are needed for the music industry, like digital distribution, uh, chart reporting, uh, live uh, ticketed live streams, pre-saves, ton of other things. Um, so basically, I got my uh, I start working in Nashville at creative agencies. I was the director of product at one here. And uh, we had e-commerce systems where we were running stores for some of the largest uh, artists in the country space. And while we were running those, they switched them over to Shopify. And I kind of saw the power of that system and the power of direct-to-consumer sales where you own the relationship with your fans, you own the branding, you own the messaging. And just said, why don't we try to bring as much as possible into that system to where the, the fan can purchase directly from the artist. They can watch live streams of the artist that they, they private live streams they can purchase tickets to directly from the artist site uh, and so that's some of the things that we've been working on for the last few months mixed in with all the other things that we do okay interesting so you're really about kind of strengthening that um artist relationship with their fans and also i guess in some ways monetizing it right yeah exactly we try to stay in the space of when an artist is trying to monetize their creative works that we empower them to do that through shopify and through their own uh, relationships with the fans therefore their revenue margins are higher uh, we some of the people that we work with are like live nation merch so 
we do the and uh, many other uh, merch companies. We handle the, their digital distribution direct to fan. Travis Scott being a client of ours as well, uh, and then we also work with doing ticketed live streams. We've done those more recently uh, with artists like Anne Berlin and Dashboard Confessional, and we have several others planned uh, in the next few weeks that will do pretty interesting things that we can get into in a little bit. Okay, excellent. And um, Ebenezer, you're, you know, you've got your fantastic Versace uh, robe on. I, I would like to know how how is how do you think that our concept of live music has already started to change? What have you what have you seen? What have you been doing? Uh, I haven't necessarily been like doing. Actually, like I have. So what I've what I've been doing. Um, every Sunday, I've decided to make a song from scratch. Uh, I write, record, produce, mix it all within an hour on Instagram Live. Um, I've been doing this for eight, uh, nine weeks, I think I'm, if I'm correct. Um, I've had uh, a few people jump on. I've had Koji jump on. I've got Stefan Dunn jump, uh, jumping on this week. Um, yeah, I just make a song from scratch uh, on live. And Travis Scott was mentioned. Travis Scott also did this thing with Fortnite. Um, I'm not sure if he was responsible for that, but um, he did this thing on Fortnite where he did like a live concert and everyone came to just literally, the game was on pause and you could watch Travis Scott release that unreleased music and just perform. It's, I think it's, it's always been going to that way. Um, as technology continues to advance, uh, for people who are not um, in close proximity and can't get to your shows, it gives them an, a, a, a chance to actually still be a part of the show. I want to get onto the Travis Scott thing definitely in a minute, although I'm very late to the Fortnite party. But um, <laughs> what, when, so what, what was the sort of impetus for you to start doing these, um, these kind of live sessions? And can you explain a little bit more about how those work? Okay, so um, how, I, how I started basically, someone decided to challenge me. A few producers um, said, oh, um, we're doing an unreleased beat challenge. And I was like, hold on a second. I've been really doing unreleased since 2017. Like, this is not necessarily a challenge. I was like, I'll do you one better. Let's do this on Instagram Live. Let's show the people how we create it from birth, how we, you know, make a whole song. And I, I thought it would be better if I lead by example. So I said, I'll make a song every Sunday, 8 o'clock London time, that's 12 p.m. LA time, 3 p.m. New York time. Um, I'll make a song from scratch. I'll write it, record it, produce it. I'll let you pick the concept so you can see that it's literally off the top of my head. I'll let you pick the genre if you want, and I'll just make everything done in it. That's very really interesting what you said about how you've timed it at different times for your different audiences. Like, this is jumping a little bit, but a question for both of you. How, I mean, obviously we're seeing like live streaming has exploded, right? We know this. How, how much has live streaming um, encouraged or forced artists to think about themselves more globally? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, some of the, the shows that we're actually working on are doing both geofencing, but also they're, they're timing their uh, their time that they play the show to prime time it around the globe. So they'll do, uh, we have uh, an artist, I don't know if this, we haven't really announced yet, so I can't go specifically into who they are, but we have uh, one that's doing 
sets that would be he's doing a world tour um, where the it's geofenced around the globe in specific places playing in prime time and then we have other ones that are playing their shows on one day uh, and in that one day they're playing it multiple times to where they're playing in the prime time of different places uh, so they're already starting to realize that not all since they're not touring they're not going around and they're not in the time zone they're not in the place that they need to serve their fans basically globally by changing their time a little bit, playing a little earlier in the day, much like we're doing this uh, in the morning for me, it's the afternoon for you all. So it's just getting used to the fact that we're all together, but we're all globally all over the place. What about you, Ebenezer? Do you think about yourself as a global artist or has, you know, the current situation, has your interaction with live streaming encouraged you to think more like that? Um, I've always seen myself as a global artist um, because with my music, you wouldn't be able to tell that I am from London when I sing or when I rap. You'd be like, are you, are you sure it's from London? Until you actually hear me speak, then you'd be like, oh, he's from London. Then you can kind of pinpoint my location. But um, since I've started releasing music, I've had um, people from all around the world support me, from Brazil to Germany, France. I, I did, I toured in uh, France, Germany, done some stuff in Holland, uh, in America as well, as where I'm mainly based now. So I've always seen myself as a global artist. So with, with technology making the world a much smaller place and making it almost like a online community, it's easier to connect with people from all around the world. And just like Tommy said, um, finding the prime times to actually connect and engage with all your audiences at once is probably one of the best things to do. Um, allows them to have accessibility to you and almost exclusivity um, that you wouldn't have because they, they, you can just record yourself on your phone, you can, you can be answering questions literally on the spot. I mean, a, a good example is Tori uh, Lane's Quarantine Live. Um, Everybody, <laughs> so many people ran that quarantine lab. It was amazing. Um, even a guy called Swans from the UK, he, he was doing the same thing. It's just, it's a good way to connect um, across the world. So do you think that out of doing your live streams that you might, like interesting collaborations might come out of what you've been doing? Yeah, because someone's hopped into the comments. <laughs> definitely. Uh, a few, a few uh, dope artists and musicians have already slid into my DMs after saying, I love what you're doing, I'd love to be a part of it. So it's just about finding the right time and making sure it doesn't interfere with their releases coming up. Um, so we can just, you know, give the audience the best possible show. Because it's like a mini show that we're inviting them into an actual session to see how it is for me. Yeah, I, uh, the, <laughs> I love that live streaming is the great uh, sliding into the DMs enabler. <laughs> um, <laughs> brilliant takeaway from this chat, guys. Um, I also want to come on to the do's and don'ts of live streaming and talk a bit more about what you were saying, Ebenezer, about you know how it's kind of changing the relationship with your fans. But just first, Tommy, could you just give a bit of an overview about how rapidly things have grown in the last couple of months? Yeah, I think the the most interesting thing to us when we started working on more of the live stream stuff was how new it was to everyone. Um, you're when you're going in and talking to. Uh, 
having the meetings about putting on an event uh, that's a little bit more than, say, an Instagram Live or a Facebook Live where you actually want to have some people coming in, good sound, that kind of thing. The It's so new to so many people and uh, that explaining just the levels of what can be done is what has led to, I think, such a an interesting growth in it. Two to three weeks ago, we were getting, well, let's just say two months ago, we were getting inquiries about uh, some of the things that we're doing. And then now we are taking meetings all day, every day, because people are seeing that there's, there is money that can be made in doing it to support your career, but also it's, it's getting, Artists always miss being able to play live, playing to your fans. And I think that as this gets more mature in terms of uh, being able to socialize through live streaming, that it's going to grow at, at an even more exponential rate than it already is. So it's been, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Can you, can you tell us about some of the most innovative stuff you've seen? Like what is the kind of most sort of, um, maybe, and it doesn't even have to be like the really expensive high-end stuff. It could be sure. all the way from the sort of grassroots stuff all the way to some, I don't know, maybe there's some kind of interactive AI stuff that's happening. Well, Fortnite one was obviously one of the, the biggest ones in terms of production from a, let's just say, uh, VR or animation side of things. So it's kind of interesting I've seen kind of the gamut so we had I've seen where it's very very high level artists that are playing on a piano in their house and that's one of the most intimate sets and then you'll have a smaller artist that will uh go out, get the microphone, have a higher level production value. And so even at the lower end, you can do something that's, uh, I won't necessarily say easy because you still have to play to play the music, but it, you, it really all just depends on how well you set it up. If you are doing something that's a little bit more intimate, then uh, that's totally doable with just an iPad and sitting in a room and then you can have something where they've got a camera. Right now you've got a lot of small venues that are suffering and what we've seen is a lot of small venues starting to hook in uh, better cameras so artists can start coming through and playing in their venues and then share some of that revenue with the venue. So yeah, there's a lot of different things that are coming uh, that run from people in their home creating more intimate stuff to you're going to start seeing a lot more very, very high produced events coming out very soon. For you, Ebenezer, I mean, obviously, you know, you've been doing your Instagram live sessions, but have you noticed this among your peers, among your friends, among your collaborators? This become more of a conversation. Has How much has live streaming become part of your sort of strategy as uh, an emerging artist? I think it's, I think it's imperative now to, um, to be live streaming because, again, the best way to connect with the audience right now. Um, like Tommy said, uh, you can have basic equipment um, to be able to get good quality. Uh, for, for instance, the iRig um, gives good quality if you want to connect it to your phone. Um, it's unfortunate that small venues are losing um, revenue due to this whole pandemic, but they're saying that um, there might be another wave again in October, so we might be going on lockdown again. So. We just need to learn how to adapt. And if 
for, for emerging artists, for upcoming artists, the money that you're making, I always I always advise people to reinvest in yourself. So if it means you having to buy equipment, buy buying a green screen or a black screen for a backdrop, investing in a good camera, uh, investing in some equipment where you can play, it's it's better to be self-sufficient because now if I wasn't able to produce right um and do what I do in my own comfort of my own studio, I can be stuck. I would have to either look into rent a place and if they're not letting anyone rent because of the pandemic, I would have nothing to do. So just reinvest in yourself and which should allow you to maneuver through this pandemic a little easier. Is there anything else that you've had to do differently, Ebenezer, because of you know what's going on? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, quarantine lifestyle has been has been my lifestyle for most most creators. I would say that's what we do. Like we're most, we're mainly introverts. We stay indoors and we just work. Uh, the only thing that I've had to do differently is I've had to cook more, which is, which is kind of annoying. I miss I miss Pakistan. I miss Nobu. I miss Benihana. I miss all the food places. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so next up after, you know, making the uh, first album is learning how to cook for you, Ebenezer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you I, mean, guys... I could learn on, I could learn on like live. I could go on live with someone and be like, walk me through how how to make a lasagna. Walk me through how to make. I love I love sticky toffee pudding. Teach me how to make it from scratch. And then in return, I could do like a little mini live show. And be like, wow, we saw. Hey, well, maybe this could be your next thing, a cookery show. That's definitely uh, one way to engage with your fans. Um, could you guys t uh, tell me, how, sort of broadly speaking, how has this sort of new dawn of live streaming uh, and the way that we're all interacting with it now, how has it changed the artists and creators' relationships with their fans? I think it, so. One of the more interesting things that we've noticed when, like the stream chat that's on here right now, uh, that <laughs> when an artist is playing a live stream right now, oftentimes they're taking that live that stream chat and putting it right in front of their face because the, some of the best interaction that they can get right now is just seeing the speed at which people are responding. So spinning up fire emojis or thumbs up or whatever, and that actually gives them some energy. So seeing that stuff coming through and then obviously that interaction can be in the middle of the stream in that same chat people will ask questions and things like that and the, i think the best streamers or the best ones doing it are the ones that are actually interacting with that piece it's kind of the best interaction that you can get right now so if somebody's asking you a question take a time to to mark it down the set and when you're in between switching songs answer some questions and actually try to be responsive to your fans uh, so that way they actually know that you're listening Yes. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, I mean, I watched the uh, Jill Scott and Erica Badu versus. Uh, and, well, I'm sure we all watched it, but it was amazing just watching the level of the like. It was like Michelle Obama commenting. Um, it was Janelle Monae commenting. There was Koji Radical comment. It was just everyone. Everyone was in this in the comments. It was just brilliant to watch as a fan at home, like to see all their mates kind of chipping in as well and kind of feeling like you were part of it. It was really powerful, I thought. Yeah. It, it really does bring everyone together, like no matter where you are from, it almost 
you have like a little small community it just makes it makes the artist more accessible and mm. more, like sometimes you, you can queue on for ages outside of the venue to try and get close to the artist that you just want to say hey you just want to you just want them to notice you but this way it's more easier for them to notice you. you can just send a nice message and they can respond to it and like, like somebody said, the best the best thing to do is to respond and engage with your um with your fans is nothing better than it right now. Well you mentioned Tory Lanes and um there was mention of uh ASAP Rocky's Fortnite or tra- sorry, Travis Scott's Fortnite. And what have you seen anybody else that's been owning lockdown live streams? Have you seen any interesting formats or different formats that have emerged? Uh, I've seen I've seen a few beat challenges, um, uh, verse, sorry, verses. Um, so you've had uh, like Beanie Man versus Bouncy Killer. That was insane. The whole of Jamaica was going nuts. You've had um, Wiz Kid versus Vibe Cartel. That's the one. There's, there's, there's been a lot. Swans is killing it with um, uh, Instagram Live in the UK. Um, I'm, I'm guessing some new formats are going to come, come into play, uh, but it's, it's right now no, nobody can actually say like there is one way to win in on live. It's just anyone's game for people. Right? What about you, Tommy? It's true. I mean, there, it's a free for all in live in general, anyway. So even from uh, a show that would be in an arena where somebody's doing crazy pyrotechnics or something like that, down to a sh- another show, there's always been a, a, a spectrum of production value. What I think makes it a little bit more interesting now is through live streaming, you can do. There's been broadcast television for a very long time, and I think artists are finally understanding that, oh, wait, just like the studio has been brought into the computer, a broadcast system has been brought into the computer. So doing overlays and doing uh, art that's on top of it and graphics and stuff like that, all of that is can is now doable from your own laptop at home. So there's... But from my examples of some of the ones that I think I've seen that are doing it very well, would Insomniac, who has their channel on, on Twitch, they've been doing some pretty interesting uh, quarantine um, raves to where they have DJs are coming in, they're switching their sets, and it's just them in the room doing it. And the chat has tens of thousands of people in it, and, and they're just getting a lot of attention on those. So I think that you're just going to see more, uh, to, to the point earlier, where artists buying a little bit better microphones that they can plug into their computer, have making sure that they've got a slightly better webcam. You're going to see more of that quality coming up. And so if in other part two, we exist obviously in the space of monetizing these through tickets. So anytime that we have a show that's coming through us, that's that somebody's going to be paying for, we obviously encourage the artists to spend some more time in their team, put some production value into this. People are paying to see this. Cool. Let's talk about money. Um, what kind of revenue can live? What kind of revenue are we talking about? That live streaming can can generate, and how does that sort of compare to other revenue streams? Well, so I can only speak to the things that we see. Obviously, short of, I mean, you can read the numbers that happen publicly and what happens through uh, residual effects through Twitch and stuff like that. But I can say that through the 
our systems, we've been actually seeing about an average of $25 a head for people. Um, our system enables people to uh, bundle tickets with uh, physical product. So you could sell a t-shirt and that includes a ticket to the show. Uh, you could sell a straight ticket to a show. Uh, so that way, yeah, over the last few weeks, we've seen, it was, uh, I had one of the guys pull it up for me. We had about 250,000 in con commission-free merch and ticket sales to artists and then at that average about $25 a head. So it was, uh, yeah, it's been, you can definitely make some, some good money on it. We had one show that, uh, rather than doing it for free, it was a, it, it was for a, um, a charity and they sold about 6,000 tickets and made about a hundred thousand in revenue uh, just off of that, that got uh, donated. So you can definitely make some money doing it for sure. So just categorically, live streaming can definitely add another important income stream for artists of any level. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it happen with Ninja and a few like gamers who have been killing the streaming like world. And some of them are 18, 19, 16. So I've, I've, I've always said that it's slowly going to get to that level. And why don't musicians do it? You're, you're going on um, other platforms and you're doing it for free. Why not monetize it? Why not do a show? Why not link up with Twitch and do a whole show? But it just seems like Twitch already wants step ahead of everyone. <laughs> Yeah, you're basically creating your own tele yeah. your dream television show, your dream chat show. Miley Cyrus did her dream chat show on Instagram Live, where she had, you know, it's it's she was sort of being the kind of next Ellen. You can, it's almost like the possibilities are kind of endless in terms yeah. of what you can. There's no limit on what you can create, really. Is that I mean, true? Is that Tommy? That's exactly what he was saying before, where you could do a cooking show. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so and it's this. I mean, that's true. It's all about you don't. Every artist, every person is a person. We all have multi, multiple things that we do. I like to cook. while I also like to to uh, do things in music and and write code and all that kind of stuff too. And and artists, both musically, can also be painters and uh, good cooks and stuff like that. We all have a lot of things that we can do to engage with our, our fans, even though if they're fans with us because of our music, then you can still engage with them because through your art or your cooking or whatever it is else that you do and that you have some level of passion or expertise in. Um, thank you. I just want to quickly shout out to everyone watching and say that definitely like continue to put your questions in the chat and I'll definitely get around to reading out uh, the best at the end. Um, do's and don'ts of live streaming, guys. You mentioned a couple, Ebenezer, about getting in good gear. What what are the do's and don'ts? You must have seen some, some shoddy attempts so far, as well as some good ones. <laughs> My dogs can hear you through barking. <laughs> the dog is not happy about the shoddy live streams. Uh, He's that's... definitely demanding some quality. Yeah, but that's my fault. <laughs> that is fine. Um, yeah, I've, I haven't seen too many, too many uh, appalling live streams because people are trying to give the best uh, possible uh, live stream they can. Uh, one. I have seen is when they don't engage with the audience and it's just it just seems like they're in their own world and um it's there's almost a disconnect between the audience i i, I stayed in the in the instagram live for a bit just watching and i was like ah oh, 
like people are asking questions, people are trying to communicate, but there's no reciprocity. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to leave them, and I just left. Um, but the ones that I've seen, um, they're very, they're very attentive. They they care. So I think it's yeah, I think it's it's just about paying attention. Really, I haven't really seen any bad ones to be honest. What about you, Tommy? Just have, a, just have a good internet connection, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, it's amazing the... For, for, okay, again, to my point earlier, when everything is saying all of this is new, is certain people don't realize that you can't be running a live stream off of the DSL network that you have in your farm outside of Nashville. So it's explaining to teams say like, we just got in the habit of saying look if you're going to be doing something like this then you should run a speed test beforehand and tell us what your upload speed is because if it's going to be that bad it makes every makes the experience terrible for everybody yes definitely although i have to say i've got very very used to having conversations now where it's very juddery you know just you just it's just about having more patience but yes not ideal when you're trying to play your brand new single for no, sure no uh, is there anything that people need to be aware of in terms of like music rights or I don't know. Any other things that they should be thinking of when they're trying to pull something together? Is that a bit of a is that a bit of an open can of worms? Okay. I saw your face there, Tommy. Yeah, no, it is because the uh, DJs are in a different realm than someone else because largely they're using other people's work. Uh, so there's rights around getting those things cleared. Uh, the it's good. It's not my dog. Perfect. <laughs> He's really upset about the DJs. Look, here's the intimacy of live streaming. Everyone's got their dogs, and I'm super. I got a toddler that I'm waiting to just come in and, and join the chat. So, uh, uh, oh, the rights matter. So yeah. So for rights stuff, it's. Uh, Obviously, covers are a little bit more tricky because you have to get a clearance on those things, too. And then there's the, the stuff for DJs as well. Right now, it's kind of like a Wild West, to be entirely honest. So I think uh, a lot of you're going to see a lot more rights management and licensing uh, for this particular genre probably come out of this whole thing. Because right now, I don't think anybody's trying to step on each other's toes. It's a pretty tough time for everybody. And so going after somebody right now uh, probably isn't going to look the best. But in time, if the, as this thing, and, and one of the questions that I know, I know that we wanted to get to was what the stickiness of this is going to be as the the stickiness of live stream comes around i think that's when you're going to start seeing more of the okay now we need to legitimize this a lot more than we have been we're, we're a little bit past those nascent stages let's make sure that this is all above board but right now it's an exciting fertile ground i wanted in terms of kind of new artist discovery how have you discovered anyone new from you know a twitch or an instagram live or a youtube live stream or, or have you mainly been looking at kind of more established artists i've been i've just kind of been looking at the people that i'm i'm a fan of uh, I've, I've still been discovering music here the same way I've always been discovering it. Um, through like uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, however, um, I usually listen to music. Uh, but with Instagram Lives, 
for a Twitch, I just go to the people that I know that I want to see content. I want to see um, what they're doing. Those are the people that I tend to go to to see a life. Yeah, I mean, the way I've always been is I'll sit at home at the at the end of the day and drink a glass of wine, and usually I would go around and just start listening to music that I could find. I love going and searching for new music, and I always used to do it in Spotify and SoundCloud and uh, all, all the different streaming platforms. And then uh, when the live stream stuff started to take off, I found myself more often going into Twitch and just clicking around and seeing what's going on, uh, partly for my own understanding and research stuff, but really because it's just just turned into a new way for me to discover acts that I probably wouldn't have heard before. That's what I guess I was just wondering, at a time when so many people are streaming online and everybody's trying to get heard, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of noise. Is it possible, how possible is it for a new artist to, a new creator to sort of utilize that and use live streaming as their breakout moment or an opportunity to break out? I'll leave this over to the artist first. Uh, sorry, could you repeat the question one more time, please? How much of an opportunity does live streaming give for new creators, such as yourself, to break out and get noticed? Do you, do you think that it's possible for new artists to sort of punch through the noise using live streaming? Definitely. Um, when I started my first quarantine session, I started with like 15 people paying attention. Uh, people would drop in and out and then all together I'd have like maybe 23, 25. Uh, by week nine, I've had like 500. Wow. So it's gone up. If people start sharing it, they're like, yo, did you see what he did online? Yo, have to put your artist, is, your favorite artist is saying this, but can he do this? And it just, it's like word of mouth. Um, people just want to start sharing and spreading how amazing uh, Instagram Live was. So people want to always come back and then bring their friends. And then their friends want to bring their friends. So I, I, I think it's dope. You definitely can. Do you think that I, I interviewed um, an artist called Lida Pimienta a couple of weeks ago, and she was talking about how she thought that live streaming was separating the artists from the entertainers. Like live streaming and what people were doing on live streaming was really kind of setting people apart. It was setting the kind of people that are doing acoustic covers in their bedroom apart from the people such as yourself, Ebenezer, who are making making tracks live, making stuff live, and showing that they can do it. Yeah. It's 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 definitely it definitely definitely separates um the two. Um you you come to like you said, someone just playing an acoustic guitar, you go there, you know what you're gonna get, but um when you're going to see someone create it you're actually part of the experience. You see, you see how they make it from the beginning all the way to the end and how they put all the pieces together like a puzzle and then give you a, a, a finished product rather than just singing and playing on the song. Um, it really does separate you. And I think people, I think people kind of lean to both. Some people, they don't really care how it is made. They just want to hear the finished product. But some people want to see how you know it's made. They want to see the you know, process. So it's it, it is is live streaming affecting your creative process 
at all. In the way of, I'll, I'll just, I'll just give a bit of background. Um, Charlie XCX um, just released an album, and the whole thing was created in lockdown. But also, she was sort of hosting these sort of collaborative sessions with her fans, where they were um, suggesting what track track listing that they wanted, and and giving sort of feedback. And I wondered what your sort of take on that was, Ebenezer, and whether you, as a as a creator, have been thinking about you know, ways, other ways to involve your fans? Uh, me, I'm, I'm very proactive with my fans. Like, um, all the stuff that I've released, I've already leaked on Instagram Live and I've already, like, leaked it before it's already come out. So my, my fans already know what's coming before it's coming. They'll, they'll tell me what they want to hear. And I think, that's, I think that's the best way to do it, um, just having a close connection with your fans and being able to, you know, like for them to tell you what they want because at the end of the day we we are all making this from our laptops or however we're making it we don't want it to stay on our laptops we want it to live exist outside of our laptops so who better to tell you what they want than the consumer themselves brilliant and what what's the future guys how how might live streaming complement the live music industry going forward if and when that gets back up and running that's a question for Tommy because Twitch have already been on job from early, so I need to listen to Tommy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I was actually talking to my wife about this the last night where one of the things that I could see potentially happening out of this is artists. You know, there's the old trope when some people will say, like, oh, yes, it's a world tour, and they show you a map of the world tour is basically like Japan and uh, basically Western Europe and then the United States. Like, that's the world. Uh, and I could see what would happen now would be something more akin to a comedy special to where uh, if you're doing a tour, world tour or whatever, you could have one of the last shows be a well-produced one. Because, again, a lot of these venues right now are gearing up to have more of the equipment to do an actual recording of a show. So barring the licensing and the rights issues and stuff like that, I, which I believe will get sorted out, doing uh, something to where, like, like I said, a comedy special, end of the tour, comedian takes that, they turn it into a package, and then they take that into... Uh, they turn that into a show that the people in the rest of the world could actually see. So if you have, if they're doing the world tour, the last show that's in Japan, you could actually broadcast that. And then the people that are in South America that didn't get to see it, that are in Russia or other parts of the world, they actually would be able to see what the experience was like for that particular tour. And then also, if enough people are logging in and viewing these from these different places, then artists are going to actually be able to know that, wait a minute, we've been doing these tours and there's fans in these locations that we didn't honestly think that wanted to see the show or, or we didn't think that it would be necessarily worth it to go there well these numbers show us otherwise we should be taking these tours we should be going to these more these other places that we might not necessarily go to so i think there's going to be a symbiotic relationship between an actual tour and then it will be a new revenue stream a new avenue a, a complementary piece to live we're not going to see as much uh, in terms of frequency likely as we have and we'll probably see a higher production value in them so I would say you'll probably see uh, from a ticketed perspective at least you'll see fewer but higher production value and it will probably coincide around releases and tours that's so fascinating so basically Ebenezer you could you could find that you have a huge fan base in Tonga or 
I don't know, Finland or somewhere, yeah. and uh, and then kind of really sort of nurture that. That's really interesting. Um, I've got a couple of questions that have come through on the Twitch chat. They are mainly for Ebenezer. Um, I'm not offended, don't worry. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got five more minutes. If anyone's got any more questions about live streaming, it could be anything at all. Um, Ebenezer, how has production value changed? Marisa Jeffries would like to know. Or how will it need to change moving forward? Production value in terms of um, streaming or in terms of music? I think in terms of streaming, and then we can say in terms of music. Okay, in terms of streaming, um, like Tommy said earlier, it's equipment. People are now rushing to go get me. I want to go get like a, you know one of them lights that you can. So oh, can, the selfie rigs. Exactly, <laughs> the selfie. The halos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, just getting the right equipment, making sure I have um, a good sound coming to you. So I, I don't want anyone to ever watch my live and be like. It looks good, but I couldn't hear what you were saying. I, the sound quality wasn't good, and that could automatically turn off someone and just make them go elsewhere. So I'm trying to keep um, everyone's attention as much as possible. So I have to do things like, like if I hit a button now, I can change. I can change my lights to strobe lights. I can change. They can change colours. So easy if you give, if you do me a favour, if you hit mode. Yep. I can do that. <laughs> so this can keep the, the audience constantly, you know, that eye candy will be appe appealing to the eye. So you should have been doing that the whole way through this. <laughs> I didn't, oh, I didn't, wow. I didn't get distracted because we're, we're just concentrating on literally, literally what we are talking about. But so, basically, so basically you're saying that artists are just are just being really innovative and thinking of different ways to kind of make that, yeah, okay. I have my keyboard set right next to me, so if at any point I'm um, performing, I'm, I'm doing a live, I can just literally switch to my laptop or my phone towards my keyboard and just start playing something so someone can actually see the process at the same time. So, yeah, we, we have to upgrade our, our production values in Perry. And last question. For the tracks that you're making in the quarantine sessions, are you planning to drop those anytime? Possibly, possibly. Um, people have been messaging me constantly, are you going to drop these? We want these. Um, I, recent, I recently just dropped a project, by the way, too. Floyd and Noor, the single from it, is doing exceptionally well. So I'm just going to let that live for a little longer. I want to enjoy the journey because I never. I'm always on to the next before actually enjoying the success of one. So I want to enjoy this. And I may put out as a SoundCloud exclusive and just have all the quarantine sessions to be like, okay, you can you can have this package, this little little me for you. You've got it all figured out. Well, thank you. <laughs> Tommy, I have one more question for you, and that is, you know, what, what could new emerging creators be doing right now to get their live streaming game? up to scratch what, what's the what are the main things they should be sort of you know leveling up with uh well it's a tough question because i think what when you're starting out you have to uh, it's difficult to do a monetized stream right at the beginning because uh there's just so much content out there and so you're vying for a lot of eyeballs at the moment so you're sticking to twitch and to the uh, other streams but much like Emily was saying it's having so here's a good example. Uh, when I'm doing the, those, going through the channels on Twitch, and I'm looking and see what I'm gonna just kind of peruse through. 
lights, flashing lights and things are eye candy to people. So you want to have, right now, everyone is limited to a one inch thumbnail on a screen and that's what you have to get people's attention off of. So just that thumbnail on something like Twitch, having some interactivity or showing that there's something interesting going on on this stream is really step one. And so just because you're you're battling against a ton of other people. So if you're looking at a, a page and you have a, a page of thumbnails and you're browsing through them and you've got somebody playing on a guitar and then you got somebody playing on a guitar but it looks like they're playing into a microphone that has higher production value and you can just tell that from the thumbnail, you're probably gonna click that one first, even if the other one's a better artist. And so you can always back in and out of these things too, but I think it's just leading with a uh, a good image so somebody wants to join your stream. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Ebenezer. That was so interesting and informative. And thank you to everybody watching. Please stick around because in about 15 minutes or so, I'm going to be back um, talking to some of the leading lights of the indie publishing world in the UK about how they're discovering new artists. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.